she did have a perfect body okay underneath thank god and i think i ended up getting like three or 350 for her okay so you made but i got a speeding pay- ticket on the way there <laughs> <laughs> this was years ago when i used to drive a lot faster welcome to vintage picking with bad madge Hi everybody, I'm Tanya McInear, uh, the owner of Bad Madge and Company in South Park, San Diego. And we're so excited. We are now officially one year old. Our our podcast is one year old, one year. So I'm really excited. Thank you to Brian Kentrell, our producer. It's been a fun year. We've had some awesome guests. So thank you for hanging with us. If you're listening again uh, for our 12th episode, I'm thankful that you're here with us and listening and we of course love your feedback so we'll talk about that at the closing remarks i am tanya and this is vintage picking with bad madge for our guest this month we have matthew paul hi hi matt (laughs) i call him maddie p so before we get into our interview with matt i want to do our little housekeeping we have our and our anniversary for bad madge in march it's our 13th anniversary i'm so excited so if you are in san diego or you live in the area please come by we're going to have our anniversary party on the 15th of March in the shop. We'll be celebrating 13 years. It's gone by fast, I'm excited to say. And then our spring walkabout for the South Park neighborhood is on March 16th, which is a Saturday. So hopefully you can come to one of those two events. We always love our walkabout. It's from five to 9 p.m. on March 16th in the South Park neighborhood. All the shops, everybody enjoys a late night, uh, semi-late night, nine o'clock, we're done. Uh, You can have some real tasty bites or walk around and check out all the sites. There's definitely bands and lots of happenings. So hopefully we'll see you either on the 15th or 16th. So let's get started with Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi, good good (laughs) afternoon, good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello. So Matt, you've been with Bad Madge. May will be two years. May will be two years, wow, it's good. My fast. Yeah, yeah. And uh, before we get into your interview, I want to play our fun facts for vintage fanatics. Oh, I already okay. know you're going to know the answer to this question, okay. but I'm going to throw it at you anyway. Okay. So we always ask our guest a fun fact uh, regarding vintage or something maybe they have a knowledge in. And Matt has quite an extensive knowledge of Barbie. Oh, yeah, vintage Barbies. Vintage mm-hmm. Barbies. So, Matt... Amongst you, other things. Among, amongst other things. <laughs> uh, my question for you was, when was the first Barbie doll introduced? 1959. I knew you would know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's easy for um, me. It was March 9th, 1959. And what was she wearing? The black and white swimsuit. Okay. Yeah. And um, she came in brunette and blonde, correct? Yep. Uh, three blondes for every brunette. <laughs> is that really what it was? Mm-hmm. Three blondes for every brunette. Yeah, the brunettes are always more rare in the early dolls. Interesting. Okay, well, we'll uh, probe a little more on that. So, uh, Matt, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in sort of picking the vintage and antiques that you like. Well, I mean, I've always liked vintage and antique things. Um, my mom always liked antiques, and we always would have them in our house and watch old movies and stuff. But I moved out when I was 17, so I didn't have a lot of money, and I didn't have a car, so I would go to thrift stores and buy the things that I needed, and 
I've just been doing that forever. I mean, you know, at first out of necessity and kind of fun, but um, then you just do it for fun. I don't think I have any new pieces in my home currently. I just continue to always buy used and I like it better that and way. And it looks much more... And it looks nice. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it costs a bit to, you know, if you have to have something recovered or something. Yeah. Of course, back when I was 17, I wasn't recovering furniture. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think the only thing I have, I was telling someone, I have a, a, a mirror from the early 2000s that's almost vintage now, it, 25 years. Yeah. It's probably the only new thing I have in my apartment besides television and stereo type equipment. Okay. Everything is, is vintage. And things that you, you tend to, you like thrift stores. I do like thrift stores. Yeah. I like estate sales too, but I don't like to go when there's a bazillion people. It drives me nuts. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So on your free time, you definitely like to go thrifting all the time all yeah the time. yeah you just never know what you're gonna find you know i some people like to gamble i say that's my gambling sometimes you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes you find something you don't know what it is but you need to buy it and sometimes you find out it's worth a lot of money and sometimes you find out it's not yeah you know or so things you, that you just like so what kind of things are you do you gravitate to in in um thrifting or in general well since before i started working at the store uh I would always look for like lamps and art, things like that. Since I've been at the store, I do look more at fashion and things like that. I guess the exception would be I always had a thing for like costume jewelry, the mm-hmm. vintage costume jewelry. So I have a lot of that in my own personal collection. Oh, but you don't now personally I look wear at it, close. really. No, no. I use it, you know, I, I use it for um, just decoration. I have some mannequins at home I decorate, uh-huh. so... That's kind of fun. So you carry around your loop. I do have a loop and I have a little (laughs) tape measure or two. Okay. Um, The loop comes in handy. There's so many things that are fine printed on items that help you to determine what it is or where it's from. I mean, Google image search helps now too. I do use that a lot. I do. I use it. Yeah. I use it when I'm not sure about something. Okay. Because there are so many reproductions out there. There's so much Chinese made stuff. Yeah. Even a lot of new high end furniture that goes for way too much money is made in China. Yeah. Now. And it's, you just, sometimes a, a Google image search will be like, oh, yep, that's just something cheap. Yeah. That that's not a true vintage item. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're anybody who says that they know everything about everything in this industry doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Everybody yeah. everybody's learning all the time. Yeah. And if you're not learning, then maybe you should be doing something else. But there's so many different fields, you know. I, I started liking antiques earlier and then kind of did the mid century and then I've gotten into like seventies deco revival Mm -hmm. and that more mirrored and uh streamlined type look Uh which i feel like goes well with certain deco and mid-century modern pieces i I like to mix things yeah eclectic a little more eclectic yeah and so and when did you get started collecting barbies and and you dealing in barbies uh, i always wanted to play with barbies but i couldn't as a boy but i as a boy, my parents wouldn't let me have dolls. So when I when I was older, I started collecting some of the modern collectible Barbies. But then I felt like they they were limited as far as what you could do with them. And so I actually found at a thrift store. I think the outfit's name is Golden Girl. It's a it's like a burnt orange and gold uh, like lame weave strapless dress, and it's so pretty. And I was like, 
this is made so well and blah, blah, blah. And then I started getting into vintage. But I would say that was, I don't know, late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. So you've been doing it for quite a while. Yeah. And I've sold all my dolls. That's what I'm going to say. You you sell on, uh, you sell online. You do on, uh, I, I, on yeah. eBay mainly? We, yeah. I, I, I haven't sold on eBay for some time. Before the pandemic, I was selling quite a bit. Uh-huh. I got into a shop right before the pandemic hit. And then as a as a vendor and uh, booth rental. Okay, and so you had a booth. So I had a booth, but I never, I really didn't get to experience it because two weeks later we went into lockdown. Uh, so I yeah. kind of let my online business go, and I really haven't picked it back up. I need to because I have specific items that will sell better online. Yeah. Really, mostly I sold my dolls to dealers. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a dealer in Fullerton, Miss um, Barbara Peterson at Vintage Doll Plaza. I will give her a shout out because oh, she's yeah, been doing it. Oh yeah, we always love to give a shout out. We've yeah. been Barbara Peterson has been doing uh, vintage Barbie since the '80s. She oh, was wow. at the Disneyland Hotel, uh-huh. and uh, so she's like the queen of Barbie. She has got some amazing stuff and the nicest person. So I, I usually would sell to her. Sometimes Yuchi at AMC Collection too. Um, they're in Orange County. Okay. I haven't caught up with them for a while though, so I hope they're doing well. I sold all my dolls and went to Europe in the late 2000s. So you used the money, you sold I the dolls, and, 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 and yeah. did a vacation. And then, you know, there are certain things. My my point of view is sometimes you're sit, you know, you're sitting there and you're looking at it and you're like, this is worth so much money. What am I doing with it? Right. And I, I guess my point of view is that if you can sell something... And replace it later if you really want it, mm-hmm. then it's okay to sell it. Mm-hmm. If you're never going to find it again, if it's a one-of-a-kind piece of art, something like that, don't sell it if you think you're going to regret it because you will never find it again. Yeah. But something like a vintage Barbie or, I mean, if I had a number one, I probably would not sell it unless it was like a ten dollars or $20,000 doll. Right, okay. But, because when am I ever going to get that again? Exactly. Uh, but... My my theory is also if you already have something uh, like a coffee table and you find a better one, then just upgrade. Yeah. You don't have to say, oh, I already have a coffee. Sell the one you have and bring in a new one if yeah. you like it better. That's how you get your fr- your your home fresh all the time yeah. and kind of inspired. Boy, but I don't even do that. I don't. I, I guess you, you, I don't. You don't. I you don't. totally could because you have so many beautiful I things know, in your home. Just, you could just swap them out. I guess I feel like, you know. When I find something, my mentality is, is especially because I'm the owner of the store, that what I'm selling is going to help pay my life, you know, yeah. pay my mortgage or pay for my food or whatever. Right. So I'm not always thinking, and sometimes I'll see something, I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be great. But then I'm like, wait, I can make X and that can pay right, <laughs> you know, right. my car payment or right. whatever. So I don't really tend to keep too much. Yeah. No, you don't. You yeah. actually, uh, I, I was surprised at how little you actually do keep. Yeah. I try to, I guess that's, you know, just it, for me, it's, it's the excitement of passing it on to a customer too. Like that fun part of like seeing a customer's face light up when they see something that they love. Yeah. And I know I found it for them. So that's a fun part. Yeah. Tell, you, 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 you do sell your, you do sell your vintage clothing. I yeah, noticed I did. like that I gorgeous just, rose and yeah. rose well, black and that dress was fit. insane. <laughs> It barely fit the mannequin. I know. I was fit. worried I was going to break the little belt when I put it yeah. on. It was so tiny. So it but. went off to, I shipped it yesterday off to another uh, dealer, but she's going to keep it for herself, which is, makes me happy yeah, too. It's, yeah. That dress is it was stunning. Beautiful. Yeah, it was a black stunning. and red. If you go on our Instagram, it was a black and red silk 
Susie Perrette, and it was beautiful. It yeah, was with the red strip. roses on the black yeah. background. It was really beautiful. That bow belt. So back to Barbies. Can you tell us a story of maybe a find of a Barbie that you were like, you couldn't believe you found it, or maybe it's something that you um, just like really stands out to you that was really... I mean, since Barbie has made such a splash this year... Yeah. I have not gotten really lucky with Barbie so much at like the thrift stores or estate sales okay. or anything like that. They're really hard to find out there. Okay. Um, I think most of the good ones are in people's collection, uh-huh. but there are still people out there that are selling them or people that have them from when they were children mm-hmm. that are finally deciding to get rid Let of, go them. of them. But you have to be kind of ethical because people know that Barbie stuff is valuable mm-hmm. and they will steal it and then resell it too. If you go like on Craigslist, you'll see stolen Barbie and Barbie oh, case. And yeah. I see that sometimes. So you mean, not that they're putting stolen, but yeah, someone saying theirs was stolen. Oh, looking for and it. looking for I stolen see. items. Okay. And I was at a doll show one time and someone stole a number one Barbie right out of the case on the floor full oh of gosh. dealers like a ten thousand oh dollar doll gosh. the whole place shut down so um you wow. do kind of have to be ethical about where you're buying yeah. from uh-huh. because people see vintage barbie and they just think it's worth a million even if it's not yeah i mean probably the best the best find i probably had was a, a bendable leg midge which is from 65 66 and the bendable legs are a lot harder to to are find they, they? and they only made them in that particular color for those dolls for a couple years. Okay. So if they get thrashed, you, you there's not really donor legs. Yeah, because girls played with them. And chew on them. Kids and your dogs them. chew yeah. on them. And yeah, they were played with. But I did find a, a bendable leg midge in a homemade knit dress at the thrift store. Uh, I think it was $60, which was still a lot um for a thrift store but she did have a perfect body okay underneath thank god and i think i ended up getting like three or 350 for her okay so you made but i got money. a speeding okay. ticket on the way there <laughs> <laughs> this was years ago when i used to drive a lot faster so it was kind of a wash which really sucked <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. it was a wash, but I sold her to my dealer friend. Uh, that was years ago, and the, the prices fluctuate too. I mean, what certain things were valued at years ago aren't the same as they were yeah. now, and some things stay the same, some things yeah. go up. It just depends. Yeah, and it's it, good to do your research. Good and, to do and your where research. Where do you do your research, Matt? Do you uh, tend to? You, uh, I mean, go, Google Lens. We talked about that, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to vintage Barbie, like, yeah, when it comes to vintage Barbie, it's really just been years of experience yeah. for me. Okay. Uh, I mean, the the I think it's Sarah Eames. I can't remember if I'm saying it right. The the everybody that collects Barbie knows the uh, the Barbie Bibles, the fashion Bibles that have like everything okay. in them and the names and titles, and you just start to. You learn. If you if you love it, you just it's just instinctual, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I can look at certain out items and just tell you, Oh, that's the name of this I you know, this this outfit or this goes with that or this, you know. It's just years of experience. You can the book though is really the best. Yeah. I mean you can just sit there and look at it forever and it's so fun because yeah. it will show you everything and every complete item. You can go on eBay or you can go on some of the websites, but a lot of them are not going to have a complete outfit. And how do you know unless you really kind of look at the reference mm-hmm. books? Mm-hmm. So I, okay. I, I like the old school reference books. Yeah. Yeah. What about an old school, my size Barbie that's missing a leg? Is that worth something? 
Um, th- those were seventies, I believe, right? Or eighties. Uh, the my size Barbies. I never got into them, but I think they are. If they're the seventies dolls, Ryan? if they're the seventies yeah. dolls, I want to say they do have a collectible value. I never got into them because they're just too big to collect. But they, they, yeah, I would, I would try to do some research. I could look it up for you and try to find out. I, I want to say there was uh there is some value in that if it's a 70s doll because they didn't make those for very long. Not very long. Is that the walkable kind that you move the waist and the legs move? I could be transposing it with a I different doll too. Don't ask me. I don't know if the legs move. I don't remember it but it, it I think we have the leg but it's not attached so yeah yeah <laughs> she's, she's a one-legged barbie right yeah. right i'd have to check her out but yeah you'll have to show me that one of these days she makes a great pirate decoration for halloween oh there you go yeah there you go and is it life size yeah well my size barbie would be like a 12 year old girl size oh okay yeah okay or 11 12, so they're pretty around. big yeah okay like, Three and a half feet, maybe, okay. or something like that. Yeah. Wow, I didn't, yeah. never even heard of it. And, and I know I know some about the later dolls. Usually it's 59 to 72 is the classic vintage collector doll okay. time period. Um, the side-glancing-eyed dolls, the ones that have their eyes are facing forward, usually is where the quality started to go down a bit. Okay. And they're not as collectible. But the late 60s through that 72 period, you really get that fun mod period mm-hmm. with all the day glow and paisley and all that oh, stuff wow. okay. like that that's really fun do you have any of your barbies left i don't have any of my original ones i have a i do i did pick up a, a brunette number three doll uh with its original ponytail knot on top oh, and wow. it's a re- in really good shape pretty much a mint doll she does have a touch of the green ear the earrings will turn their ears if they have the pearl earrings the hoops oh, usually don't okay but if you ever do find a vintage barbie that has its original pearl earrings and just take it out take them out right away because they will tarnish in their ears oh so usually. it like rusts it a little bit but one of my best friends in montana sent me a, a never removed from box doll with the wrist tag and everything I guess his stepdad's grandpa was going to make clothes or something uh-huh. with it. Or she collected, or her, her, grand, her stepdad's mother, I should say, his step-grandmother. And uh, he found it in the garage cleaning out. It was perfect, and the earrings were still in, and they did not tarnish. And that was in Montana. So I don't I don't know. Sometimes you get lucky. Just too much moisture or something yeah. in the air or whatever. But you, you can find a perfect mint, like old store stock doll that's ruined because the earrings will turn their whole head green and oh. their hair oh wow yeah just depends wow i mean i bet barbie uh, mattel when they made it they didn't realize that that would no. happen you know yeah. Yeah. and of course with this with the barbie movie and margot robbie and uh, you know greta gerwig doing the movie it really has put a lot of attention on barbie yeah and the history of barbie so did you go see the i barbie did finally movie? see the movie a couple of weeks ago when it came out i think in, on amazon yeah. or hbo but yeah it was cute it was good um I I was I was really I had already looked up all the Margot Robbie Barbie fashions that she was wearing. Uh-huh. I thought that was fabulous. Yeah, that they really were historic. I, right? I yeah, I was I mean, really what a fun role to be able to play and yeah. to be able to wear all those nostalgic clothing pieces like it's really how fab who gets to do that exactly. you know what i mean who <laughs> gets to actually role, right? be barbie yeah. and wear the clothes on the red carpet i mean yeah. how fabulous is that yeah it's pretty cool yeah so i mean 
great job. Yeah. <laughs> great well, job so, to have. So switching gears. Um, so you are one of our lead sales at, at Bad Madge. And you bring in things pretty regularly. And so what are the, some of the things that you like to bring in that you kind of are, you know, you now know a little bit about our customer. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I think what shifted for me working in the stores, I didn't focus on fashion that much. Mm. I would look for certain things just for myself okay. besides the costume jewelry, uh-huh. uh, which I would just pick up for, for fun. I find myself looking now at the at women's and men's clothes when I'm out. Okay. Um, belts. I you do. brought in a rhinestone belt the other day, and it didn't yeah. even leave the cash wrap. The lady that was there, yeah. did you get to talking with her? Oh, I talked I to her paying, before. She's one of our paying... regulars. I can't recall her name off top. She's been in a few times. She bought a really cute suede kind of parka jacket with... Oh, those interesting button connectors in the top, and she uh, she's pretty she's pretty stylish. But yeah, she bought that uh, at the right away. I mean, that happens a lot with you. You're like, it's. I think being a salesperson comes very natural for you. Like you, you, and when you like the product, yeah, I think the customer can see that. I think that's really kind of what it comes down to. I've stopped buying things so often that I think, oh, this will just sell. I'm trying to buy, like they say, you know, like on Antiques Roadshow, buy what you like. Yeah. Because you might get stuck with it. And that's true. If I'm buying a dress or something, I'm going to buy a dress usually that if I was a woman or if I had that figure or if I was doing that, I would want to wear. Yeah. That's okay. kind of how I shop now. Yeah. Is that, that fantasy thing like... And also the margin, you got to make sure you want to make some money on it. Yeah, it is absolutely. also, we are trying to make money. This is part of our, our And I think that's what people income. don't understand about this type of industry is they think it's it's easier. Oh, you just go to a thrift store, a state sale, and you just buy this and make all this money. It's not that simple. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes you find things that are damaged. Sometimes they need a lot more work or repair than you think they do or they're incomplete (laughs) or you know people don't want to pay it or you end up putting hours of your time into something to make it a certain way and if you actually look at what you would be calculating calculating for your own time is it really worth it you really have to be smart in a business sense about what you're doing otherwise you you'll have a garage full of stuff you know that you don't use that you don't well, we see that, that a lot in, yeah. our, in our career. And I'm constantly thinning my garage out. Yeah. Constantly Me thinning too. my garage out. Yeah. yeah. I, but you, I know you you tend, to, you really do like Art Deco. That's I, one of I your do. your eras that you like. Art Deco, the aesthetic of it. Yeah. And Matt is our lamp repair extraordinaire. Ooh, I like that it rhymes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you learn how to do that? Like, I'll give Matt a, a lamp. Recently, you did two lamps for me, and like, how did you? Did you well, just like kind of t- self-taught? Yeah. Well, actually, what had happened was I was finding I was finding vintage lamps, and I went through a, a acrylic grape lamp phase for a minute. <laughs> you where, did. Yeah, the hanging lamps, uh-huh. and I had found a a, a pale pink one. Which is really hard to find. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, it needed wiring. A close friend of mine uh, at the time, well, we're still close friends, but uh, was like, why are you paying $30, $35 to have that wired? And I I remember when I brought it into the shop, they wired it within like five or 10 minutes while I was there. Okay. They just brought it down and it was like 30 or 35 bucks. My friend's like, 
why aren't you doing this yourself? It's so easy. I'll show you how to do it. And I'm like, it's electric. You know, my brain goes, I don't want to burn my house down. I don't want to, because I was uneducated. And then when my friend showed me how to do it, how easy it was, I just started doing it on everything. And I started doing chandeliers and, and you, you know, doing it on all kinds of electrical things, uh, lighting pieces. My friend taught me how, you know, change out your light switches um, so you can put dimmers on these okay. things that, you know, and I learned how to do that. So it's nice. To, it's if you have someone that's willing to show you how to do certain things like that, then you really can uh, take it upon yourself and, and just do it. And, I mean, and upgrade. I mean, if you have a lamp that's sitting in your garage or in your you know closet and you, you love it, but it needs to be rewired, you know, I'm, I'm assuming and I would I, I'm, again. I would think there's definitely got to be tutorials like on YouTube or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, there's, it's actually quite simple. I think it's a lot of times though when you're dealing with the glass and you're dealing with vintage, it's getting things apart so you can clean them properly is is a challenge. There can be things rusted, polishing the hardware and not stripping it. I've made, I've ruin things by cleaning them <laughs> yeah. improperly yeah um, the mistakes that we learned i burnt yeah. barbie hair back in the day uh-huh. cleaning vintage barbie hair and you know talking to my dealer friend she's like yep we've we all have one of those yeah take a perfect doll that just needed something a little tweak and then you yeah. it's it's destroyed and yeah. you know you learn you, you just learn. you learn that's things. the lessons i always say and i who i was telling that to a couple days ago that those are the lessons that we pay for that's right. our classroom you know right, sometimes right. you have to pay for that item that's your classroom yeah so in a way that was you know a way yeah. for you to learn yeah accidentally you know you spend you spend some time over the sink cleaning out some gorgeous globe for a swag lamp and then right when you're about to dry it it slips out your hand and breaks in the sink i mean that happens sometimes too you know what i mean yeah. i mean that not luckily too often but yeah but still you learn okay maybe i need to be more careful yeah with these yeah you're yeah. like let's put a you know a washcloth on the bottom of the sink yeah and then not lift it and just yeah it just depends but well, lighting is fun i th- i think that i don't know why vintage peak Vintage lighting is not more popular in general. I feel like it just makes the space. It really Everybody does. needs vintage lighting, lighting if yeah. you ask me. Yeah, and it it definitely changes the aesthetic of your room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, finding a good lamp at a thrift store. I know trying to find a good shade, yeah. you know, is always a challenge. Because a lot of times you go to thrift stores or estate sales and the shades are wrecked. Yeah. So, you know, we... I. I use uh, was it Lampshades Unlimited? It's yeah. here in San Diego. Yeah. Um, what's the owner? Super nice. Yeah, they have great. They have great lamps. And she's um, really knowledgeable. Yeah. And you can bring your lamp in, and you can show them, and they'll help you find a lamp shade that fits the style of the lamp, the yeah. right size, because it is a little bit of an art. Yeah. To have a good shade that fits the lamp. Right. They're down on Morena here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. The Lampshades Unlimited. I mean. Finding a lamp that has the original shade that's in good condition is kind of one of those oh moments where you know I mean I see lamps all the time at the thrift store and I'm like yeah they don't have shades shades are not cheap no they're expensive and the vintage ones are often damaged uh, too much or dirty but what I say is kind of a role that I have with lamp shades is kind of the same with art that people. If you find something and it's old like that and it's in its natural environment, like an estate sale or, you know, 
a thrift store, uh, vacuum it with with a you know a handheld with the little brush on uh-huh. the back. The the linen on the back of the painting sometimes will just lighten up like completely. You know, do your frames, do your um, lampshades, vacuum them first before you attempt to clean them. Because a lot of that stuff will just, just come out dust, with, yeah. with the vacuum. Mm-hmm. And I found a pair of, they're not there anymore, uh, through an auction house. I found a pair of gorgeous Marlboro Murano uh, table lamps. And they had the original shades and they were like $40 each, which was a steal. steal. They're incredible. I actually sold... Some of my other Murano lamps instead, which I never thought I would sell for to keep these ones because they're just the end all be all lamp. However, okay. the shades were dirty, although they were in good condition, but they're not paper shades. They are they're linen on the outside with the I don't know if it's plastic or acrylic inside. And I actually washed those shades very wet, carefully, very carefully washed them. And dried them on a sunny day in the sun, and they came out like brand new. Wow. But you can't obviously do that with with, with paper. No, you, it'll a wreck paper it. shade. Yeah. But yeah. yet, people don't always realize that you can wash some of those shades, and that that because they're white and they're and they're gorgeous wow. now. But you know, you have to, it took time. Yeah, I like to do things on a sunny day like that and put them outside to dry right away. Same with art. If you are going to wet clean any of your art, like paintings on canvas, put them outside in the sun. Because uh, at least the back of it. So what what's the future for Matt? Like, are you looking at going back and selling on eBay? Do you think you'll be... Yeah, I, I think I'm going to... Uh, like, Brian and I spoke about it, uh, about doing Etsy. I just haven't gotten up. Yeah. Do you prefer Etsy over eBay? Or I do haven't you... done... I haven't done Etsy. I used to sell on eBay... But I have heard so many good things about Etsy that I just need to try it out. Try it out, yeah. I need to just do it. I've kind of been spending the time cleaning out my space and garage and trying to get it more organized. Yeah, which is an ongoing uphill battle. I know, me too. I'm always trying to clean and, and organize my garage and it's you buy something next thing you know your garage is full again yeah oh i know <laughs> well the last three the chandelier that uh jen just bought on uh saturday was sitting in my garage the last two swag lamps i had were just sitting in my garage i haven't needed to go out and buy things because i already you have, have enough stuff to bring in it's just a matter of accessing them and then getting them ready. The time yes. getting it together yeah uh jen uh jennifer grace we had a pop-up with jen and she bought it was it was a chandelier it was a chandelier. chandelier and had crystals and you cleaned all the crystals and made yeah, it look really and we wired it it was it was it was, it was like a, a beautiful petite, lamp it's like a petite brass chandelier um it probably had well there were five arms that had five crystals uh, it probably had a good like 50 to 75 prisms on it but yeah. they were all crystals not glass and glass is fine too I have boxes and boxes of crystal at home that you just that sort I've of just sourced for years yeah. for lamps. I don't know if you ever went down there, but that uh, was it. Restoration Hardware isn't that the place that closed recently? Or Architectural oh, Arch- Sal- oh, Architectural Salvage? Architectural Salvage recently closed, so oh, that's, that's kind of going to be a sad sort of uh, gap in our uh, market in San Diego because they did fill a, a, a market. Yeah, with yeah. Their architectural from 
you know, doors and windows and most of them were antiques. Did you ever go down there? I did go down there. Yeah, I did go down there. You ever um, source things from them or? The only thing I think I sourced was uh, old like display cabinet keys. Oh, okay. Like the old, uh, oh. I don't know what you would call them exactly, but um, but Ricardo now over at Consignment Classics will make you one. Oh, he, he makes repros. So if you have like a, a vintage curio or something that is he'll locked. He'll make the key? He'll make, he has. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he's made them for me before. The Goldmaker? Yeah, Goldmaker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, Matt's talking. Or he used, I mean, he used to. Maybe I'm wrong, but. Or maybe I misunderstood, but I think Ricardo yeah. has the so keys. His, his, he's got it, repro ones. It's Ricardo, and he's at Consignment Classics on Kurtz. Mm. Um, really nice guy. Um, his brand is Goalmaker. I think because he loves the soccer. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, I, I think so. He does great work. Yeah, he really does. And he, and he does a great job with glass and mirrors. Mm. So um, if you're in San Diego and you're looking for somebody for glass or mirrors, we, you know, we like to give referrals on our podcast because it feels like we're such a community and I think it's really important to help each other. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big part of what I've always believed in is like, and I know you do this a lot too, when customers come in and we don't have something for a customer you really go out of your way to help them find the thing they're looking for, refer um, the customer. And that's one yeah. of the places that we can refer a lot yeah. of people to. Is that, well, it's like 40,000 feet. It's 40,000 square foot. Like it's like two warehouses. It's yeah, massive. Like Simon yeah. Classics over there. Yeah. It's, there's some good people over there you yeah. know, in our industry that have some good stuff and very, very nice. I mean, it's, it's, you never know what you're going to find you in, don't. in a place like that. It's I think that's so the massive. fun of it though. Like every corner, every nook, every cranny has got something mm-hmm. different in it. I mean, you'll find something for you. Right. Depending right. on, you know, whatever your aesthetic is and right. whatever you're looking for. I mean, people, some people collect records and other people collect Barbie dolls. I mean, there's right, just, right. you know, kind of something for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I used to collect a lot of Blanco glass and stuff too, but I had so much glass that you had I, a disaster in your house. I did have a disaster. Tell I, our listeners your well, disaster. I don't know if you want to relive it. Oh, it was it, but. sad, but I picked up this beautiful vintage uh, LO brass tone glass display cabinet. I love LO furniture, but sometimes it's very bulky and and difficult to to handle my bedroom set is all mirrored elo and i love it but it's 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 yeah anyway i had this beautiful display case with three or four glass shelves in it and i had put all my beautiful murano glass in it i have decanters and things i've been collecting for for years and unfortunately the the little dowels that held the glass Mm were plastic and I didn't think about it Maybe and they, they bent they, they bent from the weight of the glass shelves oh, shit. and one night about five in the morning I woke up to what sounded like a car crash in, in my house. living room oh, and it was a display case and every shelf went down surprisingly I did a few things did survive that uh, but you lost but a, I lost a, a lot of yeah. glass yeah mm-hmm. so now yeah tip if you have a display case Always use metal metal dowels or whatever to hold your glass shelves. Don't ever use plastic. Yeah, so they were probably just kind of maybe worn out they just, and they just bent. Yeah, they just snapped eventually. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and are you slowly recreating that collection? Slowly. Will you see things that you you know like? Slowly, and- but one thing I will say going back to Goldmaker is I did find a beautiful uh, 
chrome and brass accent uh, curio display that was missing glass panels and the back was like that black ash cardboard backing and I hated mm. it and I took it to Ricardo and he cut mirrors for the back of it mm. for me okay. and it didn't have shelf it didn't have the shelf it didn't have anything to put shelves in it and he actually created metal dowel things and put them oh. in there so I could make glass shelves got the glass everything I mean the whole thing was under like $150 for him and it totally created a brand new safe display case for me. Oh, wow. I make sure that everything is metal dowels yeah. now on a display yeah. case. Again, you learn, you know, by mistakes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't cry. I wanted to cry, but I had to tell myself, <laughs> it's just stuff. You can't, know, you can't but... get too worked up over material items. That's what I just had to tell myself. Yeah. And, you, and you'll find more things again. Yeah. I had some antique Chinese bronzes in there like funerary types and those survived and everything so there were some other things that did survive that's good yeah but you definitely learned a lesson there so hopefully our listeners will learn through matt and make sure you have the right dowels yeah make sure your display case is legit uh (laughs) legit sturdy yeah exactly okay well i'm gonna wrap it up here again thanks matt for joining us on our uh, 12th episode of vintage picking with bad madge just want to let you listeners know if you ever come into bad madge and you do some shopping with us we are located in the beautiful neighborhood of south park which is south of north park uh if you're a san diego person um if you come to visit us from another area please come by and see us you get 20 percent off any purchases if you mention this podcast uh, it's an ongoing um, offer to our listeners. And of course, we would love for you to like and subscribe to our podcast. Please do that. We really need your uh, support so we can continue moving forward with our podcast. If you subscribe and if you have a comment or a question, you can always send us an email to badmadgepodcast at gmail.com. And our next episode will be on March 21st. So please, uh, you know, stay with us and share with your friends. And hopefully we'll have you with us next month. And thanks to Brian Cantrell, our producer, for being with us for 12 episodes. Yeah, Yay. Yeah, we'll have to check out your, uh, your, your walking Barbie or your life-size Barbie here I know, here I soon. need to bring it into you. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And appraisal from Matt. Yeah, so thank you, everybody, and uh, enjoy your day, and we'll see you next month.